Oh, yeah. Well, you can only do so much, right? <laughs> For sure. I uh, Trust me, I completely get it, man. I'm sorry. I completely get it. She's in nursery mode. I think it's what uh, she said. Nesting mode, darling. Oh, okay. Nesting. Well, I can't hear you from the it's other really side well. of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, this is Andrew. <laughs> Tessa, Tessa, Andrew, Andrew, Tessa, my fiance. Hi. Andrew. Very nice to meet you. Very nice uh, to congratulations meet you. Congratulations on the, uh, on the uh, newborn, the kid, new arrival. Oh, thank you. We're We're excited for her. Yes, it's awesome. We, uh, I have a seventh month old, so I, not too long ago, my wife was also nesting. Yes, you completely understand. <laughs> yes, have you have you started have you started like cleaning obscure things like the top of uh, like the refrigerator or yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> or just things yep. that should not be like no one ever cleans. Yep, sure have. Awesome. <laughs> you're 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 full blown nesting mode. Yep. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure to well, meet you. You guys have a good podcast. I'm gonna go back to thank my. Thank you so much. Day. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that would be a nice little uh, opener, little thing before the uh, episode hits. I think. Anyways. <laughs> Alright, <clears throat> do you need to go get a drink or anything, Andrew, before we start? Need a glass of water, soda, beer, wine, anything? Yeah, let me, uh, well, since you said beer, I'll go grab a beer. Might as well, right? Give me one second. Let me grab one. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. What's going on, everybody? My name is Paul Dosky, and we are in the house of the house of sins. And what I mean by that is the unholiness of holiness, of where it takes place of, well, you just don't want to trust anybody. What can you trust? Can you even trust yourself? Can you even trust the baby? Can you even trust the walls that are around you? Can you even trust your own voices and thoughts in your head? Well, we're going to find that out with the man behind the graphic novel who also was uh, funding it on Kickstarter and managed to reach his go. And this is none other than the creator and writer, Andrew Gildy. Andrew, welcome aboard. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. I'm you know, excited to be here, excited to talk shop with you. Okay. Of course. It's a little honor to, to have you on as well because, you know, I think somebody like you should have more coverage, I would say, because if it wasn't for people blowing up my damn emails of Kickstarter back when your campaign was going on, I probably would have missed out on a very interesting uh, story that you had written. Um, how old is this now for Man of Sin? 
Well, we we just finished the the story um, this year, actually. So uh, the artist Camilo just finished. But uh, I wrote, we started Manathan back in 2015. So it's been five years. Me and artist uh, Camilo Ponce have, uh, have been working on this. And uh, I, I just want to say before we go any further, all those people that were blowing you your uh, Kickstarter inbox up, I want to thank them personally. So whoever was bothering you, thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I bet they're gonna say you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, uh, but you, you know what? What drew my attention, like I was saying in the review of mine, is uh, the artwork itself, that watercolor feel, and everything else that was going on that you were showing as a preview, sampled, whatever you want to call it. And it grabbed my attention to the fact where I was just like, well, I got to know what this is. So I I got to back it. Basically. Well, what I, I, well thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, um, Camillo is a, a absolutely incredible artist. I'm, I feel just incredibly honored and lucky to be able to work with him um, and work with him for so long. You know, our, our relationship way back in 2015, it was very much, you know, I was looking for an artist, and he happened to like my story, wanted to come on board, and within these, you know, these last five years, we really uh, have become, you know, pretty good friends, and you know, just great, you know, collaborators. And what he does with his art, with his watercolors, you know, he he pencils, inks, and hand paints with watercolors every page by hand. So it's like an incredible long process for each page to get done. And the fact that he did 92 pages is incredible. And he is from Spain, correct? No, he's actually from Chile. Oh, Chile. Um, yeah, he's from Chile. Um, so we've actually never met. We've only just messaged each other and, uh, and you know, back and forth through, you know, different online, uh, you know, tools, email, uh, Facebook Messenger, things like that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's incredible because like when you did that uh, one Kickstarter update to say, hey, if you want to uh, also keep up to date with what's going on with Man of Sin is to just basically watch his Instagram. And you, you weren't lying because, geez, um, <laughs> like everything he posts is just wow. Like that guy has amazing talent for sure. I. You know, I'm. I've said this in a couple, in a few other places, and I'll just reiterate it here. I really hope you know, someone picks up Man of Sin, um, for the artwork, uh, for the story, um, but I really hope someone picks up Man of Sin and and Camillo gets a shot at some some of the bigger companies because he he does like outstanding work. Like I have no idea how he's now working for. Marvel or DC or, or any of those guys, because I would put his art up against anyone's. There's always that one day where he'll get that phone call or email or whatever it is. So there's always that chance. So, or I, maybe, I, you know, go ahead. I, I hope, I hope so. I hope so. Cause he's, he's incredibly talented. I got yeah. nothing but great things to say about that guy. He's, he's, he's great. Yeah, I bet. I mean, or what he could just do is like what most people 
used to do from what I hear is uh, they just keep, kept sending DC and Marvel and them like their work until they responded back. So, never yeah, know. I, yeah. You know what? We've never had this conversation. I don't even think he cares <laughs> to like work for them. Like, I think he just likes doing his own stuff, to be honest. Because um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd be, you know, I might have to ask him if he ever sent his stuff in. Um, but we've never had that conversation. But um, everyone, you know, whenever I've been at a convention or talk to people, people are like, holy crap, this artwork is just next level, you know, crazy stuff. And I'm just super lucky to be able to work with him and able to collaborate with Milo. He, he really makes, oh, I, I, um, he makes the story. You know, he really understood the story, understood what I was trying to do. Um, just everything from uh, the the tone of what we were looking for to the feel, to the look, like everything, he elevates the words on the page to a point I could have never dreamed of. You know, I, I just, I'm just gushing over this guy. I, I feel super lucky. Oh, I, I, I will back that up. That, like, uh, one of the things that I noticed too when I was reading Man of Sin was, oh, like, the, what would be the best way to describe it? Like, it was like the story itself between your writing and his artwork were pulling me in so much that I did not want to stop at all. I wanted to read all 90 pages within, like, one sitting, which I did. But that's why, like, after we were talking about interviews and stuff, like, like while I, I was even trying to write the review, I was actually talking to you mostly because I wanted to get every type of link possible I could get from you. And um, and that was even before I even started writing up, doing the, the write-up, I should say. But, yeah, I mean, it was basically like my brain was still processing all 90 pages because of the artwork and the story to make sure that, well, if I was going to write this in a way like I have been with Tradeback now, but without giving too much away, even though I'm like, I hope I didn't anyway, but it was just more like, what the hell did I just read and how do I process it? And then I definitely have to go back again to reread it just to make, make it, um, I'll either make sense again or really appreciate each page more and with like the artwork or whatever, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I thank you so much for those, you know, for those kind words. You know, I, I'm one thing we really, we really tried to do was um, really draw people in emotionally because this is a very emotional story. It's a much, so much different kind of horror story um, than I, I think you would, you would read in traditional comics. You know, one of the first conversations uh, we had, me and Camillo, was, you know, um, how are we going to scare people, right? We wanted a horror comic. How are we going to scare people? And there's nothing that Camillo can draw that is going to scare someone. It might make them feel uneasy or like disgusted, but not true, true scares. Right. And you've done movies, right? 
um, most of the jump scares in movies comes from sound, from diage- uh, from non-diagenic sound, right? That sound, when the jump scare happens, um, you know, the audience hears that big loud boom or something and, and you jump, right? That's where kind of the scares come from. So we decided that what we're going to do is, um, because the story in and of itself, how it operates is really psychological and emotional, we need to make artwork not only the visuals on the page, but the color and the tone on the page to match what we want the reader to feel. And we might not be able to scare you, but we want we might be able to get under your skin and make it very sticky and make you feel uncomfortable. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully we were able to accomplish that. Uh, I think you did not just accomplish that, but I think you took some of the scenes and definitely intensified them by like 10, I would say at least, depending on what the scene was. Like, um, the good example is, I believe, is like the samples that you gave from your campaign where we see the main protagonist in a hospital from it seems like getting attacked by a nurse with the old man. And then you just kind of see like that, that whole dialogue there of being attacked by a nurse. And it's just like, what the hell? Like, why was he just attacked by a nurse, et cetera, et cetera. So, but then I'd read on, you know, there's more going on than what is being mentioned at first, because if I remember right, that was still near the beginning to really open up the dark world of the darkness surrounding your main character. Correct. Yeah, he was still kind of, um, you know, kind of entering, you know, the the story at that point. He was just kind of, uh, you know, if we're talking screenwriting terms, it was, you know, if we're just getting in the beginning of the second act, it was right after, uh, you know, the inciting incident, if you will, um, where, you know, Damien, our main character, makes a choice, um, that he wants to live and he wants to figure out, um, you know, the, the truth behind his dead son. And in doing so, kind of um, kickstarts all these events going on um, because no one wants him to find out because if he finds out, bad things happen. Um, and, you know, without me spoiling it for anyone. Right, exactly. Which why I'm really being cautious of where I'm stepping on to right now because I don't want to say too much either. So that way I have to go back and edit this even more. So uh, if I do say something, by the way, that I'm not supposed to or you feel like it's a spoiler, let me know and it will be gone. So, um, so uh, or if you accidentally say something that you feel like is too much information, let me know and it will be gone for sure. So this next question real quick, Andrew, because I want to go back for a moment and get to know you a little better. Um, So give us a little background story of yourself, of basically what got you into horror 
to begin with, which made you get inspired enough to want to even write your own comic? Oh man, uh, this could be really long winded, so I will I will try to keep it as uh, short and concise as possible. Um, but really, what got me into horror was my mother. Um, horror is probably my mother's favorite genre, which in turn kind of you know has made it mine. Um, I remember watching as a kid, like watching Tales from the Crypt, uh, the TV show with my mom, and I was like, I would be terrified. Like, do you, do you, do you remember that show, Tales from the Crypt, with the Crypt Keeper? Oh yeah, I remember that show. I also remember Tales from the Dark Side, as well. Yep, we we watched Tales from the Dark Side, Night Gallery, Twilight Zone, uh, all that stuff, and. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, one of my, my first kind of memories with horror is from Tales from the Crypt, and it was because the intro, they would bring you into this real creepy mansion, and they'd take you downstairs, and then the Crypt Keeper would pop up, and he, he would, like, laugh, like, ha, 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 you know, whatever, and that laugh terrified me. So I'd watch all the way up until this, the camera started panning down those long stairs, and then I'd run into another room and, and cover my ears because it scared me so much. But then what was so weird is that would scare me, but I'd watch the episode with my mom. I was, what, maybe six at the time, five, I don't remember. Um, and I'd watch the whole episode with my mom, and I would ask her questions, and she was very upfront about, like, kind of what was going on, like, never tried to, you know, uh, hide anything, and I knew it was, you know, make-believe and pretend, but I was always into that. So the horror thing came from my mom. Um, where man uh you know where man thin came from um the the first seeds of it um came from i think it was in 2005 or 4 i was still in college at the time um and i remember watching a uh like one of those cheesy history channel like documentaries about like the antichrist do you remember they, like, used to have those, like, the end of the world or, or like, those weird, like, ancient alien uh, uh, history oh, channel documentaries? Or this stuff, like the documentary. I'm sorry. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, like, History Channel did a bunch of those. Um, okay. But uh, this one was on the Antichrist, and it was a bunch of, like, uh, theology scholars and a bunch of, like, you know, uh, different, you know, historians and all this stuff. And they're talking about the Antichrist and what the Antichrist looked like in, like, different, you know, uh, uh, religious writings and what that would look like in the real world. And I just remember watching it, and they were all talking about this guy would be, like, a 35-year-old white guy who um, is into politics or business, and everyone loves him, and his whole goal would be to uh, get everyone on his side and that he will destroy the world. And I just, I'd never bought that concept because, and the reason why I didn't buy the concept was I was raised uh, Roman Catholic and I had to go to uh, CCD, which is like, um, like religious school, like during the week to learn about, you know, the Bible and your faith or whatnot. And uh, the, the story of Jesus um, was, you know, he, he was born of a virgin, but then like, as a kid, like, there's, he had, like, a regular normal life. They don't talk about it. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're the, you know, you're the, the Messiah or whatever when he's older. 
right? So he had to go through a regular normal life, and he didn't know until, you know, he was told later on in life. And I thought that would probably be, if there was an Antichrist, the inverse of him, right, the other side of the coin, that would be very similar, right? It, um, it would be, um, you know, this normal guy who goes through life and then finds out that he's uh, the Antichrist. What's interesting is I I played with that duality of what would the inverse of Jesus be, right? So um, it, the, not too spoilerly, uh, and as we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, Jesus had to kill himself to save the world. So I thought the inverse of that would be someone that has to stay alive to destroy the world. And that's kind of where everything kind of kicks off with our main character with the inciting incident. Why why him choosing to find his son and why the whole son thing happens to begin with, um, why that kind of happens, right? He's choosing to live, and in, in so choosing to live, he destroys the world or will destroy the world. And so I kind of took that nugget of an idea and, and played with it. But like most stories, um, you know, they're just ideas. Uh, you know, I was playing around with it. What really kind of uh, crystallized these ideas and gave me stuff to work with um, was I had two um, kind of family tragedies that happened back to back with like a six month period. My grandfather died, and then like six months later, maybe not even six months later, five months later, it was a short period of time, uh, my stepfather died of cancer. Uh, in the same year, and so what I what I saw and what we were what I was going through and my family was going through was a lot of grieving, uh, with you know with tragedy and loss and death, and what I realized what Man of Sin was really about you know the Antichrist and and the Armageddon and death and destroying the world that's nice window dressing, but what it's really about is how we handle loss and tragedy. And so once I figured that out, once I figured out that that man of sin is really about how we handle, how we get through tragedy and how we get through a loss in life, that's when I was able to start really writing man of sin. And that's when the story took off. Wow. That's, you know, there's really no word to how um, true that statement really is when it comes to, like, when it starts coming down to real people that are in your life that just start to, um, you know, for lack of a better word in here, like, drop out of your, out of your family tree, per se, because you're going through this, house storm as i'm gonna put it is um you know it it really does test your limits as a person your ability mentally and physically and i was gonna say that sounds like the perfect recipe for an inspirational piece as well as you were talking but i didn't want to say anything quite yet but it's really fascinating too when we can take our personal events and sort of help be that push toward something creative. And once it's all said and done, 
you look back and it's just like, well, you know, this may be a dark story, but it's also one of those things where it's just like, it's very personal. It's definitely something where, like, you and I were talking about it. Like, if you were going to write it today, you don't think you could sort of thing. No, no, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't write it today for a couple of reasons. Number one is that while I was going through um, kind of that family loss, you know, writing medicine helped me through it. It's sort of harsh, so I'm past it already. And so me writing it today would look much different because of that. And two is that I have, um, I have a daughter now. And so when I was writing it, I was writing it from a different place. And I don't know if I could put myself in that place that I had to go with a daughter. Because there's a lot of family, you know, a lot of family stuff, a lot of parental stuff that's going on in there. Well, let's uh, put it this way, so. if I may, Andrew, not to interrupt you, but I think I know exactly what you're trying to say. is You don't know if you could access that dark place anymore because, one, you're trying to be that father figure. You have a family now. You need a both a healthy mindset for sure, because, you know, you need to be there for your family. And then if you were to start having your whole body and mind break, it's almost like here comes man of sin again. And, but it's like your story, but told not as an antichrist. Yeah. You know, it's, I, and I, I, I think you, you, you for sure hit it on on the head, right? Like, I'm, I don't want to put myself uh, in that place. And also, I, you know, I'm having having a kid of my own now, right? Right. Makes, makes that story so much more real. Uh, I, I think you put it in your, in your review, uh, this is a father's, like, worst nightmare. And just that alone. Like me, like, so I had to like, you know, you know, when, if I were like, even me, like rereading it, like I wrote it, like me getting to some of those pages, it's hard to get through having a kid. Like, it's really hard. Oh yeah. And I wrote it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, you know, um, you know, it's, so yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I could write, I, I don't know if I could have wrote the same thing today. I think I could probably hit on the same thing theme. I could have done something very similar, but it, it would have the overall product would have been different. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it could really just fall into anybody, but I just know between you and I talking because you're already a father. I'm going to be becoming a father. Like these are definitely is why I chose to say yes. This is like a father's worst nightmare because of how emotionally disturbing it is of what your main protagonist went through, uh, Oliver, right? His, that, I'm pretty sure that was his name. Yeah, but Oliver, am I thinking somebody else? Hang on. Oh, God. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> am I getting two people named mixed up already? Uh, Damien. Damien, yeah, Damien, <laughs> Damien, yeah, there we go, yeah, I'm thinking of the other one, god damn it, all right, well, um, yeah, Damien, 
Here we go already. I'm going to edit that goddamn part out. Anyway, yeah, Damien. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that it just, it's goosebump galore, really. And it could, and the sad thing is it could happen to anybody. And even if somebody were to read it now who is like, um, I'll just say it for future uh, listeners that when my daughter's already born, it will fall into the category of since we are both fathers, it is stuff like this when it involves a kid makes it ten times worse to watch or read now if something happened to a kid in a movie or even a book. You know, like I've been I've seen some really weird movies and stuff where you know, probably back in the day, you know, with my dark days, I would say myself, and kid or not, whatever, I mean, we all gotta go some point, but, it, like, it wasn't, like, emotional, but, you know, there wasn't really a true connection there, where I could be like, yeah, this isn't really doing it for me, I'm not really fully invested in this kid, even though I do feel bad but it's not physically, emotionally hitting me. It's not washing over in waves. But now, like, you know, because of it, and I'm not trying to bring it up to scare you or anything, but I bet you thought of it too, man, just because I'm thinking of it too is like, and I know Tessa is, and it's, and it's a scary thing. It's like, you know, when... With the current situation, with the world is now, it's uh, it's a very scary one, and you know we want to do everything us dads can do to protect our family, protect our kid from uh, the, you know the situation. We want to make sure we can um, be their guardian angel, if you want to look at it like that. We want to really yeah, for, up to it, or yeah, for 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 sure. I mean, as a as a father, you know, you you kind of have, yeah. I'm speaking for myself here, but I, I assume it's a universal thing for most fathers. You, you kind of have this, uh, you know, this, you know, paternal need to protect and provide uh, for your family. And, you know, even though I didn't have a kid when I originally wrote that, this, um, I, you know, that's kind of Damien, our main character's big kind of, um, like, big need and want, right, is that he wasn't able uh, to protect his kid. And so now he's doing everything in his power to kind of make that right. And then by doing so, trying to make it right, he's, you know, making that worse things happen, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <sighs> I don't even know how much more I, I can't even say anything about this without like saying like, Oh my God, this is, this is just, wow. Like, so, <sighs> so let's get this question out of the way then is, so you had your Kickstarter with um, what uh, a month I think it was. God, oh, ugh, chilled still just from remembering some of the scenes in that thing. But anyway, it 
it's very interesting because you started a Kickstarter. Oh God, when um, I don't have the thing up right now, but you did have a, your first Kickstarter, which was for issue one, I believe, of Man of Sin, and then you just did the graphic novel where it was, I think, it was supposed to be all four issues in one. Did you? Did you just want to get all of them out of the way into one book and not do individual issues? Or did you have all individual issues? Because I'm not quite sure because, like, I was asking you, and I don't know if you have, like, the link up now as we're speaking or later on. And um, so that way the listeners know, too. But so what, what, um, what would, uh, Let's see. What was the time frame between the first Kickstarter, between that was the issue one to the graphic novel, which I believe was your second one, second or third one that you created? Yeah, yeah, that was my second uh, Kickstarter. I could. Uh, okay. I'll just kind of like walk you through like the whole Man of Sin kind of, um, you know, production story because that's really convoluted and interesting. You know, for any listener out there who wants to do anything creative, you know, it's not, you know, your creative career and your creative path um, is very seldomly going to be linear. And what I mean by that is just like, you know, from point A to point B, um, there's going to be a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of setbacks, a lot of, you know, uh, things that you're you're going to celebrate for. And, you know, my, you know, the Man of Sin story is, is you know, just the production story itself is, um, you know, pretty interesting. So uh, I wrote this story, uh, the first uh, couple, first issue um, this, back in 2015, uh, like I said, when I, I first started it. And uh, Camillo um, drew the entire first issue. And we were shopping it around uh, to a bunch of publishers, uh, a couple lukewarm uh, responses for some publishers, but some publishers are just, like the main thing I got from most publishers, and I later learned uh, this was actually um, more than what most people get was that editors would email me back or contact me back, like, love your comic, it's just not for us, we're not touching it, right? And uh, you know, I was like, what the heck, right? Uh, and then finally, top shelf editor came back. Um, and sent me an email. I was like, hey, love the artwork. This is, you know, just not for top shelf. He was like, why don't you take this to Kickstarter? And at the time, I had no idea what Kickstarter was. Um, and so I went online. I looked at what Kickstarter was. I saw a bunch of comic stuff. I started doing research, started listening to the podcast, started doing my homework. And I ended up self-publishing the first issue, uh, which was in 2016, I believe. Um, and that was for the print version of uh, issue one. And then uh, every a lot of people got the digital version of issue two because Camilla was working on issue two at that point. Um, and so as that was going on, I got approached by a literary manager from Hollywood um, for me to sign on uh, with his uh, literary agency to work and develop things uh, uh, for him right to sell uh, to the market. And so I signed on the dotted line back in 2016, maybe 2017 at this point. Um, and so I developed like a man of sin 
uh, like TV series. He really wanted a TV series for Men of Sin, so I worked developing that. I worked on developing some other stories for that, and really, uh, in two years, nothing really came of our relationship. We really never got anything off the ground. Um, it was one of those things where it just nothing really materialized. Um, and then in 2017, kind of later in that year, uh, a small publisher by the name of Insane Comics, which was um, out of Illinois where I'm from, um, they wanted to uh, publish Man of Sin. And so they republished Man of Sin issue one. And uh, in 2018, I believe either January or February, and then the next month after that, so February or March, it had to have been fe- January, February. Uh, February, they um, they released issue two to the direct market because in March, I believe I was at E2E2, uh, which is the Comic-Con in Chicago. And uh, we, um, we were on a little hiatus because in, in between that time when I was with that literary manager, Camillo uh, stopped working on Manistan and he picked up some other side projects. So he was finishing those up. So he was going to start production on the final two issues uh, kind of later in 2018, probably like summer. Uh, unfortunately, like I want to say June or July, Insane Comics, just as we were getting going, um, closed their doors. And so we weren't able to, um, we weren't able to finish the series. And uh, I would, you know, me and Camilla were devastated and we talked about what we wanted to do and we were just going to kind of like leave it as that, like, all right, maybe we, we won't come back to it. But so many fans were contacting us about finishing the series that I just was like, hey, do you want to, you know, go to Kickstarter one more time, see if we could fund the graphic novel since we already have two full issues. Do you want to just finish this series and get it out? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So in 2019, uh, I believe it was the end of May in 2019. Uh, we launched a successful Kickstarter. Our fans came back. Um, you know, we're really thankful for them. Hopefully we got some new fans. And, uh, you know, we just now finished um, the graphic novel because it took them a little bit longer because um, he really kind of put his heart and soul into the last kind of, you know, 60 pages or so. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of, you know, and now we're, we're publishing the graphic novel through Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the very long-winded uh, Man of Sin production journey. Wow. Well, I, I wouldn't call it long. I would say very full of in, informative info to the point where it's, it's really, it's always cool to hear somebody's experience of having their creation, uh, you know, brought to production and actually finish up and it's and i'm and i'm glad that you know we were able to see the end of manison because you know we don't need any more bad tv show endings either and this could have been a really bad one too <laughs> uh but no with the way manison ends i think would satisfy a lot of people and that's why, like, even with my review, the way I kind of ended my review, I thought I had to do it. And I had to I had to do it in the way that I did it without going into saying too much at all. Because I was just like, God, if I, if, if I could almost practically just write out the whole book right now, and I don't want to. I want people to definitely check this out. 
just because emotional roller coaster of a story, the artwork alone is just worth it after every page, and then it's just like I want to I want to know what's next for Andrew, and that's my next question, Andrew, is what do you got going on for us in the future? I know with this current situation, but what do you, do you want to do? I am uh, actually working on a, another series. Um, it is, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, I, I'm definitely putting out another comic book. You know, I, I come to realize I'm not one of those writers that can just pump out 10 or 15 or, or, or tons of content. I really need to sink my teeth into something. Um, and so once Man of Sin wrapped up, um, kind of in, uh, in May, I've just been, you know, juggling some ideas. Um, I had, uh, you know, I had my daughter in September and, you know, with that, you know, now having a daughter, um, I kind of want to explore some of these, you know, parenthood themes, right? Whereas, um, and uh, I'm going to stick in the horror genre and I think, you know, I, I have the first issue of another series um, already um, already written, and I'm, I'm working through some of the other issues. And I'm talking to artists right now, but uh, basically, what this um, what this next project is it's a Lovecraftian kind of horror story um, where uh, it, it's it's a mother that has to go back home. And when she goes back home, she realizes that kind of her family, um, they're kind of harbingers of kind of the ancient ones, kind of trying to figure that out, um, what that means for her. Um, so it's kind of, you know, me exploring kind of what I'm bringing to my child from my past, what my wife is, how we have to deal with that and reconcile that. Um, but, you know, all the bad stuff in the past happens to be Lovecraftian monsters, if you will. So that's kind of my next project I'm, I'm kind of working on. Hmm. Well, I must say I'm already sold on this idea already because I'm a great fan of H.P. Lovecraft. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's gonna, I, it sounds like you, you got a pretty good outline of what you want to do. And hopefully that we can see that after all this uh, bull crap is done with, because it would be great to go back to normal and stuff. And one of the questions too, I wanted to ask about Man of Sin too, but I was curious to know if you have thought of anything new. So clearly you have, so that's good. And that is, um, so for people that were not able to do like the Kickstarter and stuff, how can people get a hold of any digital copy, print copies of Man of Sin right now? So right now the Man of Sin is at the printer, so we don't have any physical print copies. But if anyone wants a free uh, digital copy of the first issue, um, they can just go to my website. Uh, a guildy that's a g u i l d e dot com and just uh, sign up uh, for our newsletter. Um, you just put your email in there, uh, send it to me, and then I'll send you the first issue. If you want the entire uh, 
digital copy or you want to kind of reserve a physical copy, you could just shoot me an email right now. Um, that's agil.gmail.com, and I could put your name down on a list, and we could uh, I could put you down uh, for either a digital copy, which I could send you right away, uh, of the full graphic novel, or once um, we get everything from the printer, I could send you a uh, the graphic novel, the physical version. Um, and then don't forget which, to send Andrew uh, a, a little bit of your blood so he can uh, make sure it's uh, signed in blood as well when you waver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, we, you know, we have plans. Uh, I've already uploaded it to uh, Comicology, the digital version, um, but we are waiting to hear back from them. I believe this, you know, the Comicology submit takes, you know, a couple of weeks or so. So hopefully, um, it's worth it in the hopefully, end. yeah, hopefully that that goes up on the comicology, and then once I get the uh, the physical versions uh, of the comic book, I'll be putting them up on both Amazon and my website uh, to purchase. But until I, I actually get them, um, you know, there's nowhere to nowhere to buy them. So if you'd like to pre-order a copy, feel free to email me. Um, uh, again, my email is agildee, so A-G-U-I-L-D-E at gmail.com. Then, and then uh, don't I'll be sure to get your copy. Yeah, then the blood. All right, good. <laughs> now, uh, Andrew, um, just to kind of also wrap things up and just to have fun with this now because we were just talking about a serious little matter here because, you know, Man of Sin has a lot of, like I said, emotions and it's uh, definitely a great big goddamn roller coaster. <laughs> and so my, my, what I'd like to do for the next maybe 10 or so minutes, cause I don't want to take too much more of your time as well is what, what films have you been watching in your lockdown here? There, or in general, what are your recommended ten horror movies of all time? Oh well, those are two different questions. Uh, so I'll answer them kind of in order. So what what am I watching in lockdown? Um, well, I'm watching whatever my wife puts on TV, um, which is usually not horror. She's not a big horror fan, but when I am uh, left to my own devices. I actually just watched for the first time A Cabin in the Woods last night. Um, so I, I just watched that. Um, I watched Parasite not too long ago. Um, but those were the two most recent films, I want to say. I've, I've watched my top ten horror films, man. Um, let's see. I'm going to kind of just give you ten in no, no order. Okay. Ten with no, ten with no order. I'll go uh, Hereditary, which is a new one I really enjoyed. I will say uh, Raw, which is a French film. You can find it on Netflix. Very, very good. Um, or um, no, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank now. What else? Because it's a really tough question now. Because it's just like, well, what one do I really like? <laughs> Yeah, I got I got two I could name right off the top of my head. Um, hmm. Oh, I'll say the the, uh, the original um, Night of the Living Dead, um, the black and white one. I will say, what else? Is there a movie? I'll go. 
you watch like every year, like it's gotta be a ritual. Like you have like a one of those type of films where you gotta watch it every year. Not a horror film. Um, I, I do, I do enjoy, um, I do enjoy Pulp Fiction a lot, and I do nice. enjoy, uh, I do enjoy There Will Be Blood. Uh, both of those are probably. Uh, two films I watch over and over again. Um, I just, I think uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood is just amazing, and Pulp Fiction is obviously uh, a classic. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, top ten horror movies. Like, I, I, I want to see the classics, but I feel like that's, like, really derivative. Like, I want to say, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, all all those films, but, like, like the Puppet Master, I really like the Puppet Master. Like I remember watching that with my mom, so I had to put the Puppet Master in there. So that's what is that? That's three. Then I got uh, I'll I'll say what else do I what else do I really like? I like the Puppet Master, um, uh, the Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. That that holds yeah. a special place in my heart. That holds a special place in my heart. Um, what else we got going on here? About Tales I from really, the Crypt movie. Which one? Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. I don't think I've seen that one. What? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Now, now I'm, now I'm going to have to watch it, yeah. Um, well, well, before you continue, Andrew, I got to say real quick, and I'm not saying it because I'm being sponsored by saying this, but I might as well just throw it out now. But for anybody that does not know, uh, everybody is known, or everybody should know that every now and then, Shout Factory or Scream Factory, whatever the hell they call themselves, every now and then, um, they are going to be releasing the Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, uh, collector's edition coming in June. And pre orders are up for that Blu ray collected for Tales from the Dark Side right now. So, there you go, Andrew. Perfect you to, uh, watch it <laughs> i i'm gonna have to watch it now yeah uh tales from the dark side yeah i didn't know they had a movie when was it released was it in the 80s early 90s i don't know yeah 80s 90s yeah i would have to pull it up to tell you but uh yeah that's sounds about right yeah that's that's probably you know where they were now they're going yeah now real quick this is just out of my own personal uh taste because i know you're having trouble but um as you can't think of anymore don't worry about it but uh like besides puppet master which i love the puppet master too but another uh one that i like too has to be uh dead silence if you have you seen that one i have not seen that one with dead silence holy crap <laughs> holy crap um, so it looked like it was 1990 was the movie for the tale from the dark side. So that, so there you oh, go. Okay. Yep. That's right. About late, late eighties, early nineties. Something in the ballpark. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Well, dead silence is another one that you need to check out too. It's <laughs> out for sure. Yeah. You know, not like, uh, uh I'm I'm thinking of all these movies like that, that I've watched. Like obviously, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a classic. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the original one. Um, I really you know. I, I'm just like thinking of all the movies that that I've seen horror movies and like uh, like Alien, the original one. That's got to be up there. Um, yep. And this, I feel like every everything that I you know, I I say, I, I don't want it to be too you know, too like you know derivative. Like I want to throw some gems in there that get you know the horror fans you know like oh yeah that's a good one but I can't think of any else up my head. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, I will say another question that. Oh, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, have you seen Raw? What one? Raw, R-A-W, it's a French film. Um, I'm going to have to look that up, but uh, I'm just going to say no for right now. So what is Raw? It, it is a, um, it is about a young girl who goes to veterinary school in France and in doing so she kind of um, discovers some things about herself and it's um, it's a movie unlike any kind of horror movie I've ever seen um, it's it's really it's really done in a really unique way I, I don't want to give too much away um, it's not a vampire movie it's something else and that's the best way I could describe it. It has like mm. vampire movie kind of like vibes to it, but it's definitely uh, vampire adjacent. It's not a vampire movie. It's a vampire adjacent. Uh, and if I tell you what it is, it'll ruin the movie. So I can't. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. You know what's another good one I, I really, really enjoyed was It Follows. Kind of like the new way before movies. Uh, it Follows is a good one too. Oh, I like It Follows. A lot of people did yeah, it. They it cheesy, but I didn't mind it. No, I, you know, I liked, you know, um, what I liked about it, there was a lot of, like, um, if, I, if I'm thinking of, you know, since I, you know, I wrote a graphic novel and I'm writing, my next uh, thing is going to be, I, I work in the visual mediums, if you will, like comic books, screenplays, and there's a lot of really interesting kind of shots in it follows, and uh, I really, really kind of, um, appreciate those as a visual storyteller um and it's it's really it's a really interesting kind of um something we haven't seen in a long you know you know the, the premise is really interesting and new unique and i, I appreciate that hmm interesting interesting well i got a couple titles i could throw at you to see if you've ever heard of it um per se so I'm just going to pick your brain now, since I haven't, uh, I just woke up raw, I ha cannot say I have seen it, so I'm going to try looking to see if I can find it for sure. So my question is, have you ever heard of the French version of Martyrs? And have you I ever, have no? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on then, um, and and I'm moving on as in saying like, oh boy, uh, like I'm not complaining about that movie, and Tessa can vouch for me that this that movie will mess somebody up in in a way <laughs> of of uh, 
of something is, is what I'm going to say. Like, like I remember when I first heard about the French version of Martyrs and it was in the Fangoria magazine. And then when I saw the movie in Walmart for like 10 bucks, I had to pick it up. I went home, started watching it in the living room. I actually had to tell my own mother to please shut up so I could watch the movie because that's how much attention grabber uh, this movie did. Because as soon as wow. it, yeah, because as soon as it starts, man, it will grab you within the first ten minutes, and it won't let go until the very end. Wow. Well, I, I'll have to check it out. I did not know there was a French version of, of yep. Martyrs. Yeah, you don't want that piece of shit Martyrs of the U.S. version. No, 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 no. You want the the original. And then, so the next question is. Uh, I haven't seen the U.S. remake of it, or reboot, whatever you want to call it, remake, I think it would be the correct term, but uh, everybody knows the U.S. version called Wet Me In, but how many people I want to know knows about the original, and I think it's... Oh, God. Uh, I think it's French. It's either French or German. I can't quite remember anymore, but it's been a while since I've seen it, even though I own it, so which sucks, because it's just like I should know this. Anyway, the original is called Wet the Right One In. Yes, I have not seen the original. That's the vampire one, right? Correct. With the, with the, girl, with the girl down the street? Correct. Yeah, I I, uh, I believe it's German, and I have not seen the original version. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the U.S. version because I didn't really want to because I really love the uh, the original. Because once I saw yeah. that switch the road, I was like, eh, I don't know how I like that. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, yeah, it... it I, I heard the the original one is is really good. I I just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it it's definitely worth your time, for sure. Now I'm sorry. I'm gonna put that one on my list too. All right. Well, I can give you a lot of freaking horror movies if you haven't heard <laughs> of them. like um, another German. Yes, these are actually two German movies. And then the second one that came out for one of the titles that I'm about to say, it's kind of interesting that it took, if my if my memory serves me correctly, it took like five years for the second one to come out. But when the second one came out, it was like everybody was speaking English and not German. So it was really hmm. weird because it continued right off, uh, right from the end of the first movie. So I don't know why they chose to do that, but they they did. Because even the main protagonist who, you know, it's not really too much of a spoiler since they continued from the ending of the first one, but the main protagonist who was speaking German and now speaking English, so it's just like, what the <laughs> Wait, how does that work? But anyway... Right. Uh, so the first title I'm going to say is Cold Prey. There's supposed to be Never three. Heard. No? Oh, well, mm-hmm. not a good one. 
Uh, there's supposed to be three of them. Unfortunately, U.S. only has the uh, two, the first two available. So there's Code Prey and then there's Code Prey Two, which I would definitely recommend. I just don't know how to find Code Prey Three if we will even have a chance to look at that one. And then finally, the last one that I can uh, offer right now, if you have not heard of it, um, it's usually on Netflix. I uh, don't know if both of them are, but it's Dead Snow. It's that, like, Nazi zombie comedy horror, like Shaun of the Dead, but it, it's, like, really more interesting. It's like z- Nazi zombies in the snow, basically. <laughs> nice Nazi zombies in the snow. Can't go wrong with that. No, not at all. I'll have to check those out. Yeah, I, uh, I've not heard of them. Oh boy, well then, maybe what I should just do is if I can find my old list of horror films or the new list that Tessa and I made, I'll just send you on and you can just print it all out and like check off which ones you've seen. <laughs> yeah, send me, send, me the, send me the list. I'll be happy to, uh, you know, I'm always looking for new, new stuff to watch for sure. Awesome. And uh, if, you think, if you can think of uh, any new one too, like that Raw and stuff, Send them over our way, and we'll uh, check check out the one that you suggest to, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Yeah, Raw's a good one. I'd be interested to see what you think about it. It's it's, it's different. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check it out because after looking it up with uh, images and stuff, it's interesting already. Because yeah, seems like there's something going on. So I just don't know what Ed you're saying. So hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, Andrew, um, I know you probably didn't say 10, which is fine, because that sounds like your brain were trying to go through movies of trying to figure out which ones you really like, but we'll just forgive you on that. We'll just say the top five for you was good, or three. Uh, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, whatever, whatever number I got. Yeah, exactly. It's still good enough. But, um, so I guess to wrap things up here, because I really do not know what else I can talk about at the moment with you, unless you feel like there's something I completely missed to bring up. But if there is anything that you feel like we should know, um, or how can we keep up to date with you? I know you kind of said you have a newsletter, but it's, there, if there's any type of social media for Manison or you that people can reach out and follow for updates or whatever, um, plug them. And until I guess next time, Andrew, it was a pleasure to have you on, and you can come back on anytime you want. We'll just make sure we have that blood contract all set too. <laughs> well, I, first off, I, I really appreciate it, Paul. Uh, it's been it's been awesome chatting with you. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me. Uh, they can go uh, on Facebook. You can look up Man of Sin Comic. Um, that's kind of our fan page. Um, or you could reach out to me on Twitter. That's uh, at Andrew Gildy, A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-I-L-D-E. Uh, or Instagram, that's at a Gildy. Um, or uh, go to my website uh, at agildy.com. Uh, usually on my website, I'm kind of posting mostly kind of writing stuff. I kind of do long form, um, kind of, you know, 
uh, you know, how to do writing type stuff, kind of concepts on on how to on storytelling concepts, if you will. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the the best ways to reach out to me. Um, feel free to say hi if you want to copy the comic or anything like that. Just let me know. I'll be happy to send something your way. Hmm. Well, that sounds very nice. Yeah, I did notice that too. Um, that it was a nice little writing blog, but I'm not gonna complain. Um, you know, it's always cool to see techniques from other people as it looked like what you were doing with your little blog. But oh, I think a lot of people would appreciate it too. And if not, well, you, yeah. I guess they can get sacrificed to the border Satan for all I care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um yeah. Uh, so about that contract. No, I'm joking, 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 people. Well, that was Andrew. Andrew, once again, thank you for coming aboard. Um, and so just for like a final reminder again, just basically get a hold of you, send some blood your way, and you will gladly send them a digital copy or a print copy. So awesome. There you go. And then you will forever be in tune to Andrew Dryden, people. So just think of that. All right. Um, <laughs> to wrap things up, so just go support Andrew. And Andrew will hopefully fill me in on when my like, comicology goes up and I'll update the review with links. And maybe if anybody has any other suggestions for Andrew to help him out with Manifestin to get more coverage of media wise and where maybe he could put Manifestin on to help him get it that big push out there because. I would highly recommend Man of Sin so much right now that it's a really good story. You do not want to miss out on this, and you would not be disappointed even if you were to read it five million times in a week, which is definitely impossible. But if you just kept reading after you got done the first time around and just kept going and going and going, I think uh, you'd eventually have to, well, I guess, cut your fingers off or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's it for now. And once again, Andrew, thank you for your time and uh, support and everything else because, yeah, I'm just going to ramble now because it seems like. So once again, thank you. And yeah, we'll have well, yeah. yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. And uh, anytime you want to uh, chat or, uh, um, uh, you know, I'll be happy to, you know, Happy to, to, to come on. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, um, we're always looking for people to talk horror with, so it would all be great, even if it's not about your stuff, but if it's about um, something else, yeah, you're more than welcome to. If you even have something that you are dying to talk about, Andrew, let us know, and we will make it happen. Awesome. Well, Paul, I, I thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for all the kind words. I really, I really do appreciate it. Hey, no problem. We're small people and we need to help each other out, right? Exactly. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Andrew, once again, thank you so much for your time. Everybody check out Manitan. Otherwise, I'm going to come to your doorstep and you're going to be sacrificed to the blood of Satan. And then I'm going to use your blood to be in the next dark anthology comic of Andrew. We're going to ship the blood <laughs> to the artist. And then the artwork will be made in the blood of the victim that did not come.
compete, uh, compile, compute, compute with this situation of the process. Yes. So before I ramble on anymore, thank you everybody for listening. Check out Manison. All links are down below provided for Andrew and his work and his social media. So check it out. And until next time, everybody. I, oh God, just just check it out. And as always, make sure to stay the hell scary. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>